You're listening to the GamesIndustry.biz podcast. I'm James Matula and I'm joined by Chris Dring. And where are we, Chris? We are at the Not So Copper Box. Not So Copper Box. It's Not So Copper anymore. We're at the Copper Box uh, uh, Arena in uh, London. um, uh, Which is black and green and spouting neon lit signs for Lanoon. 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 (laughs) Lanoon. It is XO19. We are, that's where we are. In the heart of Uh, Lanoon. <laughs> it's interesting. We, so we're um, we're now recording uh, on the press day. It's the it's a few hours before the Inside Xbox and the live uh, conference that's yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. happening. And um, we obviously have we've been pre-briefed on a few things. So yeah, yeah, we've, 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 we know. We, we know, know. We know things, um, um, which is unusual for us. Um, <laughs> And yeah, I guess so by the time they listen to this, people who listen to this know, know things. But, yeah, by the time everyone listens to this, everyone, everyone will know. They might even know more than we do. So really we're just showing off. Basically, the, yes. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting one. So XO19 or XO whatever, annual conference of the Xbox, kind of very much the state of play, some big announcements. It's not quite an E3 in terms of the level of announcements, but there was still some interesting news. A bit more than a Gamescom. A bit more than a Gamescom. I it's, think, I think it's, it's interesting because it's actually more of a fan event, really. Yeah. But... It is. I actually, I actually find it quite because people could criticise. I mean, I think there will be some people that would have expected more from XO19. Yeah. Um, we had a couple of games announcements, a couple of uh, updates on, a, on 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 XCloud. We had a you know Game Pass stuff's been added to. Um, there's a lot of stuff happening. There's been um, for me, you know, and me, you, and I, we're both big fans of Rare. We're Absolutely. New, yeah. There's a new Rare game that's been teased I guess that's the best way we but can that is it. it it is only being teased that is all we know yeah well I mean so. yeah, this is the nature of these events um, yeah it's uh, games exist that's what these events tell that's us right, yes they exist they still exist and they're going to keep existing and here are going to be more games that will also exist uh, there's a couple of interesting announcements here like so so yeah we've got a new IP from Rare mm-hmm. Everwild you have a wild that's the Everwild, name yeah which that's all we know there's something about a magical natural world that's done by a Louise O'Connor so, yeah, Louise O'Connor is the head of this game. Uh, she is most famous for, amongst Rare fans, for being the animator and the voice of Barry in Conker's Bad Fur Day. And also, she was a voice, she won, she won, she won an award for her voice of Lethos in Viva Pinata. She's like a very senior person at Rare, um, very experienced. Uh, and, it's, and she's been working on this for a while. This has been in incubation for a long time, this game. So it's exciting that they've found the magic, I guess is the word that the yeah. developers like to use. And here we are. I'm excited about that, but um, I would be. Uh, all it takes is a net word, and I'm like, I'm intrigued to see whether it, it doesn't sound. I mean, we're only going by the title Everwild and the fact that the, the mention in the release of a magical natural world. I'm intrigued to see if this would be a service title like Sea of Thieves. I feel like it'll be something different. You, you have always said like, like Rare do something completely different every time they they release a new and yet game. It always feels like a Rare game. I mean, yeah. as this is the weird thing that people, a lot of people, go about Rare don't do the sequels. Where's Banjo Kazooie? And you know, fans do that a lot. But the truth is, I always felt. See if this is a sequel to Banjo Kazooie. It's made by the same, the, the creative director is the same guy. It's, it, but it's a completely different game. But it also feels, you know what I mean? Like there's something yeah. about rare games that feel, feel like you wouldn't get this at Obsidian, and you wouldn't the, get this. At the studio has a distinct style, and mm. are, you know, fans, some fans would argue they lost that during like kind of the Connect years. But like they did a little bit, they did not bit, that much. But since Rare Replay. They've yeah. recaptured it, like not just like, hey, here's all the old games you love us for, please love us again. Like, Sea of Thieves definitely feels like a rare game, and we'll be. I'm intrigued to see what everyone. We are going on literally nothing. We know nothing. Yeah, about in this. fact, people who would be listening to the podcast would have seen the asset that they would, and yes. possibly a little bit of a tease that we haven't seen yet. We so. haven't. We only have Craig Duncan's uh, head of studio, head, head of rare, uh, Craig Duncan's assurance that it's a lovely asset. It's that's a lovely. That, it's a lovely asset. That's, that's all we know. Way. That's what we know. You know a lot more about the other new IP, and I'm, I'm, I'm steering off there because you could easily fill half an hour on rare. Yeah, even I could, though we. Yeah, nothing. Um, Obsidian's new IP. Yeah, Grounded. Grounded. It's Pikmin meets Minecraft meets Resident Evil. I don't know. Um, 
It's, it, so basically, you're a miniature person who's been shrunk down to size, and you have to survive in a garden. There's ants and spiders and all this kind of stuff, and you've got to build like a fort and manage it. And you can do it cooperatively, you can do it by yourself. I did have a chat with the guys actually at Obsidian. It seems pretty cool. So it's a small game. It's a 14-person team. This it's not. Don't yeah. expect the Outer Worlds too. This isn't. This isn't Pillars of you know whatever. This is a. This is a, an indie game being made by AAA Studio, and um, it's very Game Pass. And, yeah. and this is the thing that I find interesting actually about these events. A lot of the stuff that we're seeing, you know, is very Game Pass. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what I mean by that is, they they might not have existed before Game Pass. Uh, they might um, uh, they find audiences through Game Pass. That's why Xbox is, and this is the thing you know people would have expected Scarlet here, and it's not. And but the the that's not really what Xbox is about at the moment. They're about well, subscriptions. They're about their subscription service. Um, and I think it's interesting that two of the games announced here are games for Xbox One. Yeah. They've announced to, you know that and the Don't Nod title that you've seen. Uh, 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 tell me why. Tell me why. Yeah. Um, those two games are. So that, they're coming that, out before Scarlet. That's then. another one. Tell me why. Tell me why is um, very much a Game Pass game. Yeah. Like, obviously, it will be sold in. in you know, I, I believe it will be sold separately on the Xbox Store, but it is. It's very much a Game Pass. Game Pass game in terms of this, the sort of thing that not only might not have got made, but also might not be something that consumers would traditionally put money down on. Yeah. Um, same with similar with Life is Strange. Life is Strange ne isn't necessarily so, the sort of thing that mass markets go out and buy. It's found a good success and that's certainly carried um, or, or driven, sorry rather, driven Don't Nod for a good few years. Tell Me Why seems like it's pushing that further. So I've just literally just spoken to the, the game director of Tell Me Why. Um, and the big thing with this announcement is, I say the big thing, they're both, they're both up playing it and downplaying it. Yeah. In the, right. So it's a game, it's a narrative adventure, it's about uh, two twins who have a, a troubled but loving, a loving but troubled childhood. They have a very unique bond, they are able to go through memories. I don't fully have under understanding what that means yet, I believe more of that will be made clear tonight. Um, but it, it sounds like it's going to be very kind of Life is Strange, which, which explores relationships. The difference is that one of the twins is a transgender man and Microsoft is pushing this as this is the first time a major games developer and or and publisher has had a playable transgender hero at the heart of their video game and yet they're also pointing out that you know that, that Allison is just as important a character and it's not just about it's not just Tyler's game it's Allison's game as well it's it's fascinating because like it yeah it's not necessarily a massive triple-a bet but it is it's an important it feels like an important game to try and to put out there game pass de-risks that kind of stuff in some yeah. ways and i think that's the thing that uh, i find most fascinating like there's certain games like even everwild it's been an incubation at rare for a long time and i have to wonder if maybe that was you know if game pass helped that be greenlit you know it's not so much you know not worried nobody nobody at xbox is worried about people putting down 60 dollars to buy um tell me why or or uh, 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 Grounded, they're not worried about putting down um, that amount of money for that anymore because it doesn't matter. It, it could just be it's a piece of content that goes into Game Pass, and I, that's that's the big thing. That's what's so different about this. What's mad about the show, and it's the reason why the show it's got a lot of stuff in it, but it also feels it doesn't have a lot of stuff. My, Matt Booty said on stage that they, they've got so many games they don't even know how to announce them. Like, <laughs> they effectively said that, didn't they? Yeah. Like, we don't quite know how we're, they're going to announce something later on in the year, they're going to announce something early next year, they're going to just keep announcing things. And it's really, to me, it's really. It really speaks to this. They are, they are, they are signing content, commissioning content, perhaps stuff that wouldn't have been commissioned before, um, or at least if it would have been done, it would have been done with a uh, nervousness or, or yeah. a very distinct strategy. And it just Game Pass sort of unlocks that, which is interesting. Obviously, there is concerns about subscription, 
I think, in terms yeah. of a business model, particularly for third-party developers. But um, it has. That's what this feels like. And you know, the other thing that they talked about was this about game connected to Game Pass was XCloud. That's yes. a big thing that they talked about here. So the, the lots. So I've, I've written up the story for tonight of, of this. A lot of kind of little, but together quite big announcements in terms of. So. Uh, Tonight's um, tonight's announcement feels very feels very much like kind of an update on right. Well, this is where we're up to. You know, it's been in preview for a month. We're adding 50 new games. Um, I didn't realise only four games have been on preview yeah, so far. Yeah, four yeah. first-party games. Right here's 50 games across 25 third-party publishers, including some really fairly big ones here, you know, like um, the Borderlands Handsome Collection, which okay, it's not Borderlands 3, but it's still it's still a fairly big game. WWE 2K20, Madden NFL 20, like very recent releases. DMC5 only came out this year, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, so quite big ones to try out with more markets and stuff but they keep emphasizing that we want to make this about more than just playing xbox games on your phone so we're going to bring it out to pc next year and we're talking about bringing it to a range of other devices which could just mean mac yeah or, and everyone wants it to mean switch everyone yeah. wants it to mean switch <laughs> yeah but the um, and then like even like just we want input like we want to give you as much choice as possible so next year they're um going to introduce support for more bluetooth controllers so uh, a bunch of gamepads from Razer, fine, third-party yeah. controller. The DualShock 4, yeah. the PlayStation 4 controller can be... This is the strange world we live in. I can use my PlayStation 4 controller to play an Xbox One game on my Apple tablet. Yeah, but it's, 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 but it's, a, it's a breakdown, right? So this is the, this yeah. is the thing. Microsoft are becoming less about hardware. Hardware's still part of their business. Uh, interestingly, I, had it, I, I spoke to the xCloud guys earlier. The, the thing is, if xCloud debuted in UK, and US, yeah, I'm not interested. It's not interesting, right? Because the UK and the US is big Xbox territories. Doesn't matter. I don't think nobody's going to go. Oh, I'm going to put my Xbox away and use XCloud from now on. They might, as the guy pointed out to me, and I, my mind was blown. If you're playing Sea of Thieves and you, and it's not, it's not a couch co-op game. Mm. You want to play couch co-op, and you've got Game Pass and you've got um, Sea of Thieves. You can stream Sea of Thieves to another device and have someone sit with you and play the game with you. Yeah, it's on PC. Which I just like. Why haven't I done that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But ignoring that, um, what is exciting, what's exciting to publishers and developers isn't that this is going to... They don't, do, they don't want cannibalisation of consoles. They want um, uh, this to be in India. Right? Yeah. India doesn't have a console penetration. No. But, but imagine if what xCloud could do if it succeeded in it. Imagine what that means for Assassin's Creed. Imagine what that means for Call of Duty or yeah. Red Dead Redemption or something like that. Suddenly, that market is, uh, is a huge audience they can tap into. It cuts down that barrier to entry. And so... Korea is their testing. I think that's the yeah. South Korea and uh, India. They're testing in, and actually even to Xbox, Japan's so it's, interesting. It's Korea so far, and then next year it's going to be Canada, India, Japan, and Western Europe yeah. with more markets to come. See again, Western Europe doesn't really interest me. And that's no. not that's not that's not what's interesting. What's interesting is, is Japan and Korea and India. Yeah, but Japan are... for Xbox. But yes, course, generally yeah. speaking. But yeah, it, it, the question is whether this unlocks new audiences, and that's the thing we all want to know: is this going to unlock an entire new market? For, for Xbox, for the games industry. And, uh, and that's the same with what Google were doing. And I think that's the thing that we would like to see. And the fact that they're testing this in India, um, there are questions, like there's still a barrier to entry to streaming that doesn't exist with Netflix. And that's the controller. Yeah. And I guess opening up to as many controllers as possible, which is what you were talking about a minute ago, yeah. including the PlayStation 1, which lots of people have in their homes. And it's, it's, it's not just Microsoft doing that. The brief tangent, like, it's not just Microsoft doing that. Even Apple. Apple like, now supports like, the DualShock 4 and the Xbox One controller for Apple Arcade. Because yeah. you're, you're, you're reaching out to audiences with the hardware they've already got and allowing them to access your content in a way that suits them. That seems to be the very much the shift that, that we're going yeah. through as an industry. If you're, if you're a PlayStation fan, if you're one of the 100 million people that owns a PS4 right now, 
and um, you've, you've been tempted by, I don't know, State of Decay 2, mm. but, you've never been, but you don't want to get, ne- not enough to justify an Xbox. Yeah. Now, you can buy or stream or play State of Decay 2, and you don't even need to buy another controller, you can use no. the one you use for your PlayStation. Yeah. Now that's, I mean, that's what this is, right? It's just making this, you know, they, they've, they've experimented with touchscreen controls for phones and stuff like that, which, you know, in certain markets, that would, that's probably going to be necessary. Mm. But that's, um, so the, the, the screen that that all that you're right. These are sound like small announcements, but actually they're, they're big steps. They are ways of trying to address address the the, the pain points that exist with uh, with X Cloud at the moment. Um, I wonder, and I'm getting very speculative as to how this is going to affect the use of exclusives. So as you say, de-risks. Um, if you're if I'm a PlayStation 4 owner and there's an Xbox exclusive title, whether it's first party or third party, that in the past would have been used to try and tempt me to buy an Xbox to buy a, a, a hardware, now is trying to tell me to subscribe to a service. Like, I wonder if this de-risks exclusives as we were talking, because it doesn't matter if you're exclusive to Game Pass, because that st- doesn't mean that PlayStation owners can't access it, providing they sign up to Project X. Well, yeah, I think X-Town, we don't know what the business model with X-Town. No, that's true. So if it, we don't know if it's going to be dependent on Game Pass, you have to be a subscriber to Game Pass. Because in a way, that is an exclusive, right? It's yeah. an exclusive to that service, you have to be, so it does, make that part of a garden wall guardian or if like um, Stadia you can just pay $60 and 50 quid yeah. and, and buy the game straight off I think they were not talking about business models. they are talking about the fact that Game Pass now works you know Game Pass for users can now use xCloud yeah. but they haven't announced the business model for this yet and, I, and that's going to be really crucial when do we th- is xCloud going to launch before Scarlet do we think or will it launch with Scarlet I think it will depend on how this goes so, I mean I, I They've launched it, they're testing it in regions, they're finding out what people like, what games are working. They're putting normal games into it, but at some point they're going to have to start developing for streaming. You have yeah. developers making games with streaming in mind. All that stuff is um, is uh, is going to happen down the pipe. Right now it feels like a test, and it depends how well that test goes. And I suspect we'll be in this state for quite a while. I think Scarlet, I think Scarlet will be out before XCloud is like a yeah. fully globalised thing. But, you know... Uh, we live in the world of video games. You know, what's the difference in a preview and a beta nowadays from a full game release? I mean, I didn't even realise Minecraft was still in beta when it came out of it. You know, it's, yeah. um, it was. It's we did. It's. I. I, I yeah, but I, I think it, we'll see. It's interesting. We spoke to people earlier, and there'll be a story on GI.biz about it, where they're talking about all the things they're learning already about why people, what people are doing, and how they're doing it, and how, how people are different in different markets. It's. They are. They are. They have no. They have no idea what to expect. We have no idea what to expect. No. It's, it's video games. We are. We are, ex- we are in uncharted territory. One more announcement tonight, or reveal tonight that interests me. And I say interests me, I haven't seen it yet due to the time travel, wibbly wobbly nature of podcasting. Um, Age of Empires 4. First gameplay is due to be shown tonight, which means by the time you're listening to this, you've seen this. Um, I loved Age of Empires 2. It's my favourite strategy game of all time. Age of Empires 3 was okay. Definitive Edition is here on the show floor, and I had a quick, sneaky 10 minute match earlier. We can't really talk about the gameplay because obviously we haven't seen it, but like the fact that they're bringing it back, the fact that they're making a big deal of it, the fact that they've made a studio is dedicated to Age of Empires. It's all part of this revival of Microsoft really taking PC gaming seriously again. Mm-hmm. Right up there with Flight Simulator as well. Like they, they're really kind of doubling the fact that there's an Xbox Game Pass on PC. And like when they announced um, all the new games tonight about um, that are coming to Xbox Game Pass, a lot of them are specifically for EP uh, for PC. I believe like, I think there's something like eight or nine games that are coming out today, like go live today for um, Game Pass, and some are for console and some are specifically for PC. Um, it's just it's interesting to see them continue to push in this PC route. Yeah, I mean, actually, I look at it 
flights are good. Um, I actually look at, yes, Age of Empires is a PC franchise, but if anything, Age of Empires is a epitome of Microsoft's bad history with PC because Xbox have got an entire team dedicated looking after Halo. And they've got an entire team looking after um, uh, Forza, and they've got, an, they've got you know, that's turn two. And it's three, four, three, and then it's, uh, and then it's the coalition. They've got people looking after these franchises, these big AAA franchises. They've got a big focus on it. They're, talking, they're the ones that license it out and do separate things. And you think of what else big Microsoft franchises are there, and you go, uh, well, some of them are kind of dead and a bit quiet. Age of Empires is quite a significant Microsoft yeah. franchise, and the truth is, they haven't looked after it. Um, but now, with um, the launch of this new studio with Shannon Loftus um, in charge, they are they are now treating that like one of their key pillar franchises. And you're right, that's a P this is a PC franchise primarily. It's yeah. not it's not a not like the other ones which are primarily console. And I think that's that suggests that that actually is telling in terms of Microsoft is, is developing that AAA model, AAA development model that they've, they've applied to uh, Forza and all the other franchises to a PC franchise. I think it bodes well for their commitment to PC. And when you talk about xCloud now being on PC, and when you talk about um, Game Pass, I think it's I think, it, I think it's good. I think it's the question is the thing with Xbox is it all looks at the moment. This is interesting because I've seen a lot of companies that are having a bit of a hard time at the moment, um, or who are having to defend themselves or react to things, whether it's Sony or Ubisoft or people that are, or EA, um, and, but actually Xbox seem really happy. They seem to be really driven by this strategy, they seem to be really going for it. And of course for them, they need to reach out to as many gamers as possible. Whereas PlayStation, in the interview we did last week with PlayStation, that was so much about um, uh, need to transfer the 100 million PS4 owners to become 100 million PS5 owners. Yeah. Xbox is, doesn't have that 100 million and they're going out to everybody. And PC is going to be like that's the then that's the crucial. One. There was the figure like going back to XCloud. Like um, there was the figure in the announcement. There, there, uh, someone Microsoft spokesperson was talking about um, reaching like the two billion gamers. Everyone seems to be aiming for that two billion gamers. Same with Google Stadia. Like we're reaching we're re reaching for the two billion gamers, as in everyone that has a phone, everyone that has a PC, everyone that might have a console. Like it's it it it's looking at games as a much more global, much more um, an even broader form of entertainment than it already has become. The thing is, it doesn't feel like there's much else to say. No. And I think that's, I think it's, I think, yes, there's some Mixcloud stuff and that's cool, that's a continuation of Xcloud and we're continuing. Everything's, ever, Xbox is still doing the thing that Xbox said they were going to be doing. Yeah. We haven't seen Scarlet yet, we haven't worked out, is it more powerful than PlayStation 5? Is Xcloud going to work? We don't have answers here, we're never going to get them. And I think, I think people might have been hoping for a bigger a, a reveal. I was hoping for Fable, personally. But, I mean, <laughs> but broadly speaking, it is... They're never going to announce Fable. <laughs> They're just going to spite all of us and not announce it. <laughs> but it, I think, and I think some people might be a little disappointed in terms of there was nothing earth-shattering here. No, it's, it's an update. And, like, and as the screens are very loudly proclaiming to us now, it's a fan fest. Yeah. It's not necessarily a news event. It's not a trade show. It's, it's a fan fest. It's just a kind of a celebration of what Xbox is doing now. Yeah. Not necessarily what Xbox will be doing, um, and in that at least they deliver. There's yeah. a decent number of games on the floor here to play. There's uh, some interesting updates about what they've been doing, as we've been saying. A couple of juicy bits to come away with, a couple of juicy teases. But in terms of anything earth shattering, no, there's not. But it's still been an it, interesting event. It backs up the criticism I we made at PlayStation is that, that they've, PlayStation haven't been at these events. They haven't been doing these events. They no. haven't been doing this. They've been a little bit. That's not fair to say they haven't done any. They haven't done anything. They've done their videos. But they haven't been, you know, inviting the press in. They haven't been showing people games. They haven't been, well, they've done a little bit, they haven't been doing these big events. And this is like the third or fourth one Xbox has done this yeah. year. Um, and, you know, yeah, if anything, it feels like they've got the momentum. Xbox are ready for the next generation. I think that's, the, that's what I feel coming out of this. Yeah. They are, they are ready to, to 2020. And I think this is kind of wrap up, isn't it? Yeah. This is wrapping 
up the funnel. Uh, similar things like um, Bleeding Edge. Bleeding Edge was announced at Gamescom, no E3, that's out summer next year. Yeah. Um, tell me why I believe it's summer, out, yeah, is summer yeah, next yeah. year. Like this is kind of, and I guess and in grounded that, as well. Grounded summer next year. I guess in that sense, we already know what PlayStation's got next year. It's got um, Last of Us Two, possibly Ghost of Tsushima if that hasn't yeah. been fully pushed to PS5. So Dreams is meant to be next, like full version of Dreams next year. So to an extent, we know what PlayStation have got coming. Xbox is just kind of wrapping up. Oh yeah, we also have this. It's it's very much kind of tidying up this generation, ready for next year when they yeah. all go big. Yeah, but I I think though I don't think I don't think I don't think the generation is going to be a hard stop. No. I think it's interesting that both grounded it here and uh, and they're being announced and, and the Don't Not Titles being announced because I think what you'll get is you'll buy those games, you download those games, you're playing them on your Xbox One. They look really great, and you get Scarlet, and they'll just they'll just be it's they'll like, just, like, like, like be a PC. Yeah. It's the next. It's the next trend. We're moving in. Uh, it doesn't matter when Xbox launch their games. It doesn't yeah. matter if they launch them before Scarlet. Who cares? But launch before Scarlet, and then when Scarlet comes out, it will look better. Yeah. But, it's, but that's the way we. That's the world we live in. And I think, I think it's really good that they're doing a lot of talking. I don't think there's a lot here, but um, uh, I think it. I think, it, I think it, the Xbox just seem confident. They do. There's definitely a display of confidence here. I think that's all we've got time for. There's certainly uh, not much more to be said. A bit of a shorter episode for you this week, but we'll be back next week with uh, your standard kind of. 45 minutes to an hour long discussion of the latest news, the latest big topics in the games industry. Um, but it's been interesting just to have a, kind of a nice special on location episode. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. You can listen to our, our ordinary episodes uh, on all good podcasting platforms and you can get your daily dose of news, insight and analysis into the world behind video games at gamesindustry.biz. Mm-hmm.